All right, what is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Just a Girl from Cleveland. This is episode 61, and I am exhausted today. I just took probably one of the best naps of my life before recording this, Uh, so I'm a little late to record tonight. Um, Monday Night Football is about to start, so going to miss a little beginning a, a little bit of the beginning of the game but uh we'll get right back into it cuz I'd I'd like to see uh how the Chargers do tonight just you know considering that that will be the Browns opponent in this upcoming week so looking forward to kind of digging into a full game of them and see what they're all about I've obviously watched the highlights you know everything of them beating the Chiefs and they're a great team so um it's going to be a tough matchup for sure, but that's the NFL, man. Tough matchups left and right. You play professional football teams every week. Um, but yes, very tired because yesterday, so I'm recording this on Monday. Yesterday, Sunday was my birthday. Watched the Browns-Vikings game. Wouldn't want to do anything else on my birthday other than watch my football team win. It wasn't the prettiest win that we have ever had, but... Um, two years ago, three years ago, the Browns would lose that game every single time. There, there would be no way they would pull that out and we got the win. So at the end of the day, it looks the same on, in terms of X's and O's. So I'm going to take it. We take those lessons uh, and we move forward on to the next week. Um, so before I get into some NFL stuff, going to touch on college football. So Ohio State played Rutgers this week, obviously. And this game reminded me a lot more of the, I'm going to sound old when I say this, but back in my day in school, which is like a couple years ago. So it's, it's not that long ago, but this is how we played teams like Rutgers that we were far superior to. Our offense just imposing their will on those teams, defense holding those teams and not letting them score. The final of this was 52 to 14, which that's what it should be when Ohio State plays Rutgers. Uh, so it was good to actually feel like we played a complete game on both sides of the ball for maybe the first time this season, to be honest. Uh, CJ looked really good. He was 17 uh, of 23 for 330 yards, five touchdowns seemed to look a lot more confident, was not having the same issues with accuracy that he had in the first few weeks. I think we've definitely learned that this in this injury that he had was for sure hurting his ability to be accurate. Obviously, they, they sat him last week, and I think giving him that time to heal was super important, and he seems to be doing a lot better. So you just wonder how much that injury might have been affecting him. Regardless, Great game. Nice to see the way Ohio State football should be played again. So I'll take it. I will be in Columbus next weekend. It is homecoming weekend. I'm not going to the Ohio State game, but just going to be in the area, taking in all the energy. I haven't been back to Columbus in quite some time, so uh, that'll be really exciting. And uh, hopefully we keep rolling through the season because we've got some, some tough Big Ten uh, opponents this year and that team up north in Penn State, and we got to keep getting better because uh, I don't want either of those teams to be better than us uh, when we get to the end of this year. 
Okay, so I'm going to change up the order a little bit this week of talking about NFL football. I'm going to talk about the Browns game first and then get into some other highlights from the weekend. So, Browns-Vikings. Like I said, not our prettiest game, but it was a win. My, My five key takeaways for this game, different than maybe in some previous weeks, but that's because this team has evolved a lot Throughout these games, we've shown different strengths in different matchups, um, which is good. I guess we have a little bit of everything. We haven't had all of it applied at the exact same time. Uh, Like I was kind of talking about with Ohio State, that was the first time Ohio State was able to play really well on both sides of the ball in the same game. I still don't think the Browns have quite done that yet, which is fine. We have time to be able to do it. Hopefully, uh, as we get into some of these tougher opponents, Chargers, Cardinals, really, really good football teams we gotta we gotta find a way to to play well on both sides of the ball but getting into my five key takeaways number one this defense is extremely legitimate we had obviously first week of the season you play Kansas City it's really hard to judge a defense based on how they defend one of the best quarterbacks in the league, some of the best weapons in the league it's it was really hard to judge what we did and they still played a decent game. Um, Texans game, a little bit shaky, but it was a it was a decent offense at the moment with Tyrod running that team. I think they were better than expected, so I think it was hard to judge the defense still at that point. Uh, then you had in week three, they obviously came out swinging, absolutely destroying Justin Fields and the Bears, uh, and they were really able to replicate that performance again here in week four against the Vikings really just imposing their will against that Vikings offense. That is a very good offense, actually. I know it doesn't show it in their record being 1-3 now, but that that offense has been firing pretty well this year. They've improved their offensive line to get some more protection for Kirk Cousins. We were able to make him throw his first interception of the season, which is great. Greedy Williams stepping up to the plate. Um, But it was awesome to see our our defense be able to replicate that performance for two weeks in a row obviously it wasn't the nine sacks that it was against the bears but that was insane and not normal and probably should not be replicated or else we're just going to ruin every single quarterback in this league but uh, a lot of guys stepped up grant delpit played really well it's just every week it's it's a new name it's someone else really stepping up to the plate making plays once again, JOK making plays. I still think there's re- some real potential for him uh, to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. I believe um, I saw some stat today, and I might get this wrong, so I'm going to look at it um, quickly. But I think he was like ranked as the top defensive rookie so far this year. Yes, highest graded rookie this season. His PFF grade was 89.8 highest among all rookies this season jok super exciting stuff he's been playing at such a high level getting more snaps on the field and i just he's gonna continue to get better and continue to be a force for us and as guys get injured throughout season people are in and out it's nice to know that we have a lot of people on defense now that can step up to the plate okay second key takeaway it's not time for us to panic about Baker in any way. I, some people are blowing this out of proportion. 
But I do think we can acknowledge that this was one of the worst games of his professional career so far, of probably his entire football career. Um, Stefanski said in the press conference today that the injury is not affecting Baker's accuracy. Um, I don't, I don't know if I 100% believe that. I feel like Kevin never wants to play the blame game about anything. So part of me wonders if that was just an answer to not have a conversation about Baker's health or his arm injury. It's obviously his non-throwing arm, but that still affects um, what you're doing. And he had a lot of overthrows to misthrows, uh, similar to how when CJ was injured, he was overthrowing and having accuracy issues. It felt like Baker just was all out of sorts in that game. Uh, and even just his mind in certain moments, there was one particular play that I know everyone really focused on, uh, where it was third down, Demetric Felton completely open. Everyone saw him he it would have been a short, easy dink throw right to Demetric Felton, and Baker decided to tuck it and run instead, did not get the first down. And it was a frustrating play because it felt like Baker wasn't reading the field. He wasn't seeing the options that were out there when everyone else could see it. Uh, so those ones are super frustrating because they do really impact the game because then you know, we got to punt the ball, and that takes away an opportunity for us to score. Um, obviously, there's the continued narrative that people are pushing about Odell, and I understand why why people feel that way, because if you just look at numbers and only numbers, you would find concerning patterns, of course, on Odell being on the field at the same time as Baker Mayfield. You would find those patterns if you just look at the numbers, uh, ignoring any context a part of it. It goes back to last year when people said that Baker Mayfield was a better quarterback without Odell Beckham Jr. on the field because Odell was hurt in the second half of the season. And sure, the numbers will tell you that that is true, but context will also tell you that Baker got much more comfortable in the offense during the second half of the season. The rest of the team was playing a lot better in the second half of the season. You just get better in a completely new offense with Kevin Stefanski at the time as a first-year head coach as time goes on. So there's context in that that matters. Now, again, I believe that context matters in this scenario too because if Baker is battling this injury right now, which we're still not sure how much it's affecting him, but let's say it is affecting him, I think that does matter in terms of him getting injured right when Odell Beckham Jr. comes back after his injury. That is coincidental timing that might be continuing to drive the narrative in that direction. I know there's only so many coincidences and excuses you can make for things, but I think it's really important that we look at the context of these things and not just judge things about what you're reading on paper um, because it's there's always more to the story than that. And... People are being really hard on Baker after that performance, and I understand. It It was not a good game for our offense, specifically Baker. It was frustrating to watch. I know he's probably extremely frustrated with himself, uh, but we have to remember that all quarterbacks have bad games. The best quarterbacks in football have games exactly like that where they are just completely off. Um, 
And that kind of brings me into my next key takeaway is that our team does not have to score 45 points anymore to win a game. And that is a very good thing. Last year, we had countless games that we had to put up insane numbers, like astronomical numbers, in order to just win a game by a small margin, which is sure it's exciting to watch, you know, touchdown after touchdown, but it's really frustrating because then our defense was letting people back in on the next drive every single time. Uh, One example being the Cowboys game last year. We had to score 49 points to win that game, and it was a close one. I mean, we were battling till the end during that game. Uh, Then you had the matchups against Cincinnati last year. You had the Titans was another one. We put up huge numbers in the first half. I believe it was 35 points in the first half, and then the second half, we completely let the Titans back in that game, um, and that puts that puts a lot of pressure on an offense when you continue to do things like that. Uh, so it, it's really important to remember how great it is now that our offense can have those days. They can have the days where they only score two touchdowns or they only, you know, maybe kick a couple of field goals. It's just not the day. It's not clicking. And our defense can keep us in those games and still allow us to win. And I think we should feel grateful that we're in a place now where our offense doesn't have to strain themselves so far and give every ounce of what they have, show the entire playbook, do everything just to win by a tiny margin against okay teams like we don't have to do that and that's that's okay so not our best game wasn't always fun to watch but we got the win and i i hope that baker is able to turn things around in these coming weeks against some some really tough opponents um because we're gonna need him to step up and they're like I said, I'm not pressing the panic button, but we can't make excuses forever, and he's going to have to start being more accurate, making those plays. Um, luckily, he wasn't turning the ball over, which is a great thing. So I think something was going on there mentally or just the way he was reading the game. But as long as you're not turning the ball over, that's also an okay thing because uh, sometimes that has been his his Achilles heel is, is turnovers. So um, it was good to see at least him not do that. Okay, next key takeaway. So I'm still not sure what's going on with our offensive line. Um, Jedrick Willis, he's been hurt for a couple weeks now, but they'll put him in and then they'll take him out. And honestly, his injury is starting to impact us. There were a couple penalties on them or on him specifically. And I don't know if that is because he's not fully mentally there being that he's dealing with this injury that's affecting him, so he's overcompensating in other ways and making those mistakes and getting those penalties. Um, but if he's truly that injured, I just I, I feel like we need to take him out of the game and let him heal up because it's definitely hurting us. Um, and our offensive line just still has they ha- just haven't been as strong as as they were in some of those early weeks or even just last year. It was like that was the staple of our team. They by no means had a horrible game. I think they were worse actually against the Bears, a little bit better against the Vikings this week. But um, just would love to know what's happening with Jedrick. And I don't know what you do because you're starting to play in these bigger games against, like I said, uh, you've got the Cardinals coming up. That's a huge matchup. We're going to need 
our offensive line working to give Baker time in a game like that when you're playing a high-powered offense on the other side. So it's we gotta we gotta sharpen that up. Okay, last key takeaway. Um, so I like the way Kevin Stefanski is aggressive. I do appreciate that going for it on fourth down. Um, but it does feel like recently we've been struggling to convert on some of these fourth downs, which is really tough to watch because then you know you're just leaving points on the board. Uh, and I appreciate the aggressive nature in which he calls games. And a lot of times I agree with those calls when we're close and we feel like we can get that first down. Sometimes I don't always agree with the actual play call in those moments, but what do I know? Um, I want to keep being aggressive, but we need to start converting more of those because it, that definitely hurts us when we're, we're turning the ball over on downs and, and not putting any points on the board. That is another thing that will kill us against really good teams where we need to go score for score um, and can't be leaving points on the board like that. But okay, so those are my, my major takeaways. Overall, fine game. Happy to get the win, especially on my birthday. I was going to freak out if we didn't win on my birthday. So it, it's okay. We're good. And we move on to the next one um, and keep getting better. We're three and one, so it's it's all good. Okay, so want to talk about a couple other games um, and then we'll close things out for the day. First of all, the Steelers are garbage. Uh, every other team in the AFC North is three and one. The Steelers are one and three and they don't look to be getting any better. I don't know what they're going to do about Big Ben. I'm going to say the same thing every week. It's just insane how rough that they look because they can't move their offense with Big Ben on the field. He is just deteriorating slowly. Um, but I'll take it, man. I'd I would love to continue having the rest of the division excel and the Steelers stay at the bottom. Uh, that's where we're at right now, and doesn't seem like things are, are changing unless the Steelers decide to do something else at the quarterback position. Okay, so other one I want to talk about, Jags Bengals on Thursday actually ended up being a really good game. It's always the ones that you're not expecting to be good that end up being decent. First half, super boring. Second half got really interesting. Um, and then the end was, it was, a, you know, a classic drive down the field type ending. Super fun. Um, I don't even know which team I wanted to win because obviously I want to be leading in our division. So I don't want the Bengals to win. I also like to see Joe Burrow succeed though. So it's a bit of a toss up, but um, it was a fun game to watch. Jags looked a little bit better. Trevor's getting a little more comfortable. Still not a great team, but all the rookie quarterbacks are starting to get a little bit more comfortable out there. Um, and then kind of tailing off of that is the whole Urban Meyer debacle of the weekend. So if you haven't seen the videos of Urban Meyer surfacing online, obviously they played a Thursday night game. He was back in Ohio at his bar in Columbus this past weekend, and some videos were surfacing of him with some young women, and the internet lost their mind and I just, I just don't know what he thought he was doing because when you are one of the most prominent figures to be from Ohio in like a while, everyone knows you. You're at your own bar. I just, I don't know how conceited you have to be in that moment to think that like no one's going to take a video of you. What you're doing is not going to get out there. I just don't understand the mindset of it. Um, so that was an interesting weekend. He 
uh, awkwardly apologized about it today, but oh, I don't know. It's just he can't handle losing, apparently, because <laughs> he's, he's not been used to it in most of his career, but this is the NFL, and you went to a team that had the first pick in the draft, so it wasn't going to turn around overnight. You weren't going to win that many games. I'm not sure what he thought was going to happen, but it hasn't been pretty so far, and I think he's... Uh, just trying to take out his frustrations in, in different ways, and the internet's having a good time with it. <laughs> okay, so last game I want to talk about includes another rookie quarterback, Mac Jones. It's the Bucks pats game. Obviously, the most talked about game of the weekend. Um, ended up being a super close game. Came down to the wire, which I don't think a lot of people were expecting. Most people were expecting the Bucks to really handle the Patriots pretty easily, but I think in an emotional game like that, you almost always get a close game. There's just a lot riding on it. Um, I'd love to know, though, after the game, what the conversation was between between Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Apparently, they talked for 20 or so minutes um, in the away locker room uh, after the game. And gosh, I would just love to be on a, a fly on the wall during that conversation and know what was said. Uh, I, I think everyone speculates on their relationship. It's obviously been a really long relationship. There's going to be ups and downs. But I think at the end of the day, those two guys probably have just so much respect for each other. And as time goes on, I think their admiration for each other will grow even more because they'll reflect on what they were able to do together with the Patriots organization and all the winning that occurred there in such a short period of time. I think they'll have a really great relationship beyond this game. I think right now it's a little hard because obviously Tom is with a different organization and he won a Super Bowl after leaving the Patriots literally the next year. Um, and I'm sure that's a hard pill for Bill Belichick to swallow. I don't even necessarily blame him for it not working out with Tom there because Tom is getting old and statistically you would think that Tom Brady would not have been able to win a Super Bowl last year, but he is somehow just a superhuman that is able to continue playing at such a high level. Uh, as the years go on, it feels like he's still even getting better. So I don't know. Like I don't even blame Bill for not being able to realize that Tom could still win a Super Bowl because he kind of was not playing as well in his last few years uh, in New England. But it was it was a fun game to watch. Uh, a lot of people debating the kick at the end because the weather was bad. It was like, do you go for it or do you kick it? Um, I think I would have gone for it because it just didn't feel like they were going to be able to make that field goal. Um, but overall, I also thought Mac Jones played a really great game. Like I said, I think all of the rookie quarterbacks improved um, this week and have shown some growth. Zach Wilson, Jets won a game. Um I, I think Justin Fields looked a lot better. Like play, They're starting to get the hang of it. It takes time. I know everyone wanted it to happen overnight and thought all of the rookie quarterbacks this year were going to take their teams to the Super Bowl. It's just not going to happen like that. It takes time. A lot of them are starting to settle in now. They'll definitely have some more setbacks, some bad games, but I thought Mac looked uh, a lot better. So it was fun to watch, and I love a good, I just love a good story, a good narrative. It's the best part about sports is that the narratives, the stories that come, uh, the relationships that you watch for so many years. I mean, it's like, I'm sure for Patriots fans, really emotional uh, watching Tom come back there. I can't even imagine it. For me, it feels kind of like 
when LeBron left and we'd have to play it, play him. It's just, it's very emotional because you feel connected to these people and they mean a lot to you in your city. So I understand what they're feeling, but I also don't really feel bad for Patriots fans because they've had literally so much success for so long that I, I just, I can't even feel bad for them. They're, they've won too many times. Like at least when LeBron left the first time and we'd have to play him, there was some more sadness there because we hadn't won a title yet obviously we did when he came back the second time so it makes it a little more uh easier of an experience now when we play LeBron at any point so I understand where where they're coming from but I don't know they've won so much like I said it's like how can you feel bad for teams that win that much okay so that's all I have for you guys today I'm gonna go watch some Monday Night Football um, enjoy my Monday night. I hope you guys all have a great week, um, and we'll have more football to keep talking about next week.